The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 47. Uh, which is almost episode 50, which will be a massive landmark. But um, I hope you, uh, I hope you're well today, guys, and I hope you've uh, been enjoying the weekend. Uh, today's podcast is all about how we can learn to deal with panic attacks. This is something that really affected me in the past. Um, I learned some pretty effective measures for for dealing with it, so I'll be sharing my my uh, story with that and uh, how you can start managing it a bit better. Uh, before we do get going, if you are looking for help with OCD and anxiety, you can head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and there you can find my free mini course. All you need to do to get access to that is to uh, put in your email and uh, you sign up for the newsletter, and you can get access to that course. And you'll also find uh, information about my coaching and uh, the blog as well. So I hope you find this helpful today. If you have any questions, as always, you know, do please let me know and uh, feel free to, to get in touch. Um, and uh, if you could subscribe to the podcast, that really does help with getting our message out there. Many thanks. So to start off, I wanted to tell you about a time where I really um, experienced panic for the first time. Um, you know, just to sh- kind of share that story with you and to let you know kind of, you know, what that experience was like and uh, what I was actually doing, you know, to make it worse. Because unfortunately, for many people who experience panic attacks, uh, we do the very things that we shouldn't do. Because, you know, when we kind of push push away or try to fight with uh, the experience of that intense anxiety, we end up making it worse. So let me just m- um, share my story to start off with. So, um it was, uh, you know, I was at university at the time and uh, my, my parents um, had bought uh, tickets to, to go and see um, a play in London. And so we were in the theatre and it's one of those really old uh, theatres in the West End where you don't really have much space. You know, once you're sat in your position in the aisle, you know, you're kind of stuck in there like a, a sardine in a, in a tin can. And uh, it's very hard to, to get out, you know, to actually get out of that position you'd have to uh, get a whole load of people to stand up and, and move. And so, you know, once we sat down, I really did feel straight away that kind of sense of claustrophobia. You know, that had always been a bit of an issue for me. Not too much, but, you know, it had been a little bit of a, an issue in the past. And so I had this sense, you know, from the very start of this experience of being a little bit uncomfortable. Anyway, the the play started, and I remember I was sat there next to my my dad, and um, you know the the play started, and I kind of felt more or less okay. But at some point, you know, maybe about like a, 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 you know a quarter of the way through the performance, I started to to feel like the telltale signs of anxiety. You know, my I felt like my heart started to to beat a bit faster, my mouth 
got really dry and uh, I had that kind of dreaded sense in the you know the pit of my stomach like something was about to go very very badly wrong and uh, because I couldn't kind of do anything because I couldn't get up and move or I couldn't kind of you know I knew that you know either I had to kind of get all these people to move or you know I had to just stay there and put up with it the feeling got worse and it got worse and it got worse and I was fighting with it I was you know, I was really, really worried that I was about to completely lose control. Um, you know, and that's what panic does. It makes you feel like you're going to lose control. It makes you feel like you've lost all of your personal power. Um, fortunately for me, uh, I didn't experience, you know, hyperventilation. I was just kind of paralyzed, literally in my chair, you know, with my with my eyes like wide open you know, unable to move, unable to tell anyone what I was experiencing. And, uh, you know, really, really going for it. And uh, it was it was horrible. You know, it really was the the intensity of the fear that I was feeling. I'd never I'd never experienced anything like that. Uh, Luckily, you know, a few minutes later, the interval came and everyone kind of started to get up, you know, in the seats next to me and I was able to get up and move and uh, you know, I was able to kind of get out of there and go into the lobby of the theatre, go to the toilet, get some space, you know, kind of breathe a little bit, and the feeling subsided a little. However, you know, over the next kind of days and weeks and months that followed, that feeling kept following me. It kept coming back because you know it was so intense, and I didn't know what it was, and I was so worried that it was going to come back that it did keep coming back. And, you know, often it would come back in places where I was with, you know, groups of people. If I was um, at university in a lecture, then it would come then. If I was in the library and there's people surrounded, you know, surrounding me, then it would it would come back then. And it was horrible. You know, it really was horrible. I went to the doctor and, you know, I told them what was going on. Um, but, you know, they weren't really very helpful they kind of told me, okay, well, you know, like take these uh, beta blockers. And uh, for, for some people, you know, uh, pills and medicines, they can help. For me, I didn't, you know, at that point, I didn't really want to take anything. And so I kind of just struggled on with it. Um, but fortunately, I did, I did learn some, you know, back then, some kind of basic techniques that helped. And then over the years, I learned more and more about different mindfulness techniques um, that really helps because with panic I think mindfulness and and learning to breathe a bit better is one of the most important things that you can that you can do so before we get on to uh, you know like what you should be doing when you have a panic attack let's maybe talk about what you shouldn't be doing because that is equally important and it's really hard as I was just you know alluding to to um, in that situation sometimes to actually you know not do certain things that make it worse so for example you know if you're experiencing panic you know some um, you know some people do things like you know maybe they're feeling really hot and they're you know hot and bothered and that kind of feeling you know makes it feel like you know you should take off a jumper or something or you should kind of move next to the window. You want to try to avoid doing things like that because, you know, when you're doing that, what you're doing is not accepting those feelings. Um, It's all about acceptance when it comes to panic attacks. And so if you can learn to kind of try to accept that hot, bothered feeling, 
um, you know, and not move next to the window, not take that jumper off. Just try to sit still, pay attention to the feeling that you're experiencing, uh, that you're experiencing, and not doing anything to try to get rid of it. Um, so, you know, not moving away and not not kind of uh, moving away from the discomfort. Um, the next thing that you should try to uh, avoid doing is fighting with the feeling, because. Again, as soon as we start to push away that anxiety, as soon as we start to uh, get annoyed with it or fight it, it's going to get worse. And so the most important thing that we can do is really try our best to accept whatever experiences that we're having. Now, that's all very well in theory, you know, like uh, you, if you listen to this podcast, you know that um, sometimes I get annoyed with the word acceptance and sometimes I get annoyed with the word mindfulness, even though it's such a, an amazing thing. Um, you know, it's a, a real skill that's been passed down to us from uh, amazing, you know, Buddhist traditions over the years. But it's such an overused term in the West and uh, you know it's sometimes quite frustrating but it really is uh, a helpful tool in this regard and it's so so beneficial if you're experiencing panic I really really can't emphasize enough how useful it is for panic and so what you have to try to do is bring this acceptance to the feeling of panic whenever you first start those uh, start to feel those initial symptoms of the panic building you know you have a choice in that moment and you know you always have a choice in these moments you can choose to to fight with the feeling to try to push it away to go and walk next to the window or to to get out of the room that you're in or you can make a conscious decision to say that you're going to try to stay in that place and you're going to try to feel whatever it is that you're feeling now it may be the case that for for you know whatever reason that you know you really do feel like you have to get out of there and you know if if that is the case you know that's not a bad thing that you you would do that however you know if you keep experiencing these kinds of problems then to get over them you are going to have to learn to try to push yourself a little bit to stay in that place where you are or to, to not move around, or to stop fighting with, with the thoughts. So let's discuss a, a couple of techniques that I found really useful uh, when I was really struggling. And uh, many, many of my clients that I work with also find to be particularly helpful. The first one is actually, um, it's fairly counterintuitive, because obviously if you're having a panic attack, for many people, one of the worst things about it is uh, that the breath gets out of control. And uh, for some people, you know, this hyperventilation can lead to them, you know, even passing out. And so, you know, people have real concerns about that and about, you know, the, their breathing. But one of the best things that you can do, and this is coming from the amazing uh, mindfulness teacher, John Kabat-Zinn, um, he recommends that you actually tune into the breath in these situations. And when I first uh, read about that uh, in his amazing book, uh, Full, Cat Full Catastrophe Living, I was like, are you joking? Like, seriously, like, that's the worst thing that I could possibly imagine doing in that situation, to tune into the breath, to really focus on the breath. You know, because I was doing my best to distract my attention away from that. And so I found it like, you know, I just found it to be weird, the advice. Um, but I, I gave it a go and I, you know, every time that I started to feel those sensations of panic, what I would do is just gently bring my attention onto the breath. 
without trying to control it. So I just kind of start noticing, okay, what's going on with my breathing? You know, like how fast is it? And really pay attention to it in a mindful way. Like try to notice any variations in your in your breathing because, you know, each breath that we take is different. Even when you're having, you know, a kind of, you know, a difficult moment with panic, each breath will be slightly different. And by tuning into it, you can start to pay attention to those very slight variations in your breathing. And you might notice that the breathing is going up a little bit. But if you keep paying attention to that breath, you will also notice that, you know, the breath will plateau at some point. And if you keep paying attention, you know, it probably will just start to go down. Or it might go up again and then go down and then go back up. It's okay. By just following it, eventually it's going to go back down again. And by focusing, by choosing to focus on something, by choosing to focus on our breath, what we're doing is we're getting ourselves out of our head and into the body. And we're allowing the difficult thoughts and emotions to be there in the background whilst we choose to focus in on something else. And we're not trying to distract our attention and say, no, I'm not going to think about it. No, I'm not going to have this. We're not doing that because as we were just talking about, you know, that's kind of pushing away the anxiety. That's making it worse. All we're doing is gently putting our attention onto the breath. And by doing that, you can really learn to take back some control. Um, one other thing that I like to do if I'm doing that is just kind of every, you know, every fourth breath or so or, you know, um, every fifth breath or so. It doesn't really matter. Um, with, with lots of these um, techniques, Many people say to me, oh, am I doing it right though? Like, did, do I have to do it on the fourth or the fifth? Or, you know, many people feel like they have to get it exactly right. There's no exact way of doing these things, you know. As long as you more or less do it, it's, it's absolutely fine. So on every fourth or fifth breath, you know, sometimes I like to take a deep breath in as well. And then let it go. And then just carry on with following the breath, you know, and just paying attention to, to whatever it's doing. That could be something else that you could try, you know. Um, so that's that's one technique that is, you know, it can be really, really helpful. Um, <clears throat> another technique is to do anchoring in these in these situations because again the major problem is is that you're stuck in your head you're experiencing the anxiety and you're fighting with it so if you can do something else and choose to focus on something else uh, whether that's the breath or something else it's going to help you so the other thing that we can do is to tune in to the things that are going on around us and uh, again with clients I'm working with I often like to teach uh, one of the first one of the first things I like to teach actually is anchoring techniques and that is simply to to kind of come into your body so to pay attention to your senses and the first thing I like to get people to do is if they're sat down you know just to kind of gently push their feet into the floor and to notice how that feels as they're doing that the next thing you do is just to gently stretch up you know imagine that there's um, an apple tree above you and you're going to stretch with one hand grab that apple out of the tree and then stretch with the other hand and grab another apple out of the tree uh, then you can bring your fingers together stretch your fingers out pay attention to how that feels with all of these um, movements that you're doing you're really trying to focus on your body and notice the muscles as they are contracting and expanding um, 
then you're going to uh, pay attention to things that you can see around you and really try to notice those things. Um, you know, if you're sat down at a table, notice the table, pay attention to the color, to the grain of the table if it's wood. Um, you can actually touch the table. Does it feel cold? Is it warm? Is it is it um, soft or is it rough? Pay attention to all of these kinds of details. What else can you see in the room? Can you notice anything else? Is there a plant in the room? Can you pay attention to the color, to the shape of that? Try to look at things like you've never seen them before and try to notice new things that you've never seen about them. Um, are there, and is there anything that you can hear in the room? Can you pay attention to any sounds at all? And really, again, try to bring that beginner's mind to what you can hear. Try to imagine that you've never heard that sound before and that you're really interested in it and you want to know about it. And by really focusing in your attention like this and really paying attention to the present moment, you will notice that in the background, you know, the, uh, the feelings and the thoughts will be calming down. They'll be settling because you won't be focused on them. You're not trying to fight with them. You won't be trying to push them away. You're just trying to focus in on the present moment, notice the things around you coming into your senses and anchoring in the moment. And when you do that, the panic will very likely start to go down. And, uh, you know, these two techniques for me have been an absolute lifesaver. In so many situations where I felt like, you know, the panic was going to win and I was going to get out of control, by by using these mindfulness skills, by coming into the present moment, I was able to, you know, to fully kind of relax and, and be much more uh, in the present moment. So, you know, they're really, really helpful te uh, techniques to, to practice. Um, if you are really struggling, though, with, with panic, it's really important that you do speak to somebody about it, that, you know, that you go to your doctor, you explain what's happening, um, because, you know, the, the panic can be a very, you know, a very difficult thing to deal with. But, you know, the good news is with the right kind of help and support, you definitely can overcome it. Okay, so that's it. Uh, I hope you found it useful today. And uh, if you could subscribe, if you did like the podcast, that would be brilliant. Um, I hope you have a fantastic start to uh, next week. And many thanks. Just a quick reminder that on my website now, there is a free mini course for OCD and anxiety. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like, the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group. And also you can check out my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.